Tape from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. There you go, John Trumbull. How are you? Wow, your voice is coming in nice and crisp there, my friend. Well, I, I'm actually in the studio for the first time in over a year. My, I've unfortunately been without uh, internet access for about half this week. So, oh, yeah, we had, had to scramble a little uh, bit. Uh, so it was just like, okay, well, I'm doing, the, I'm doing this old school. I'm, I'm yeah. recording the show. I'm watching the show. Uh, I'm rewatching the show on my DVR instead of online. And then I'm driving 20 minutes to the studio to record it like we used to. And uh, super producer Frank Ablao was kind enough to take the time to remind me how all the soundboards and stuff work here. <laughs> how was it? Was it like riding a bike? You're just like, oh, yeah, I remember how to do this. Or did... um, well, no, not quite, because they've, they've changed some things around in the studio. It's like a different soundboard and stuff. Ah. And I am not like a real technically inclined person. So it's just, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, how about you? How how are things in Darren Land? Uh, Darren Land, not too shabby. Doing okay. Living a life, chasing the dream. Uh, you know, the world's a bit of a dumpster fire as always. But you know, Isn't other it than Isn't yeah, it yeah, it's just a the dumpster fire that just keeps on burning. It's like the um, like that light that just never goes out. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll comment on a few of the reasons that it is a dumpster fire uh, right now, and. Uh, maybe get out some of our frustrations about that, those, but yeah, there's there, there's some bad news that hit this week. Yeah, so, it's, it's a stressful week. How how are you folks doing out there in podcast? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah, certainly yeah, Mark Marin right now. How are you? <laughs> Did the rash clear up? How how are the pets? Are they good? Pow! <laughs> yeah, boomer. Boomer, boomer lives. lives. Oh, I miss Mark Marin. I haven't gotten to listen to his podcast in forever. Oh no, I he's put out some banger episodes. There was one actually. All right, now you got me on a Marin tirade. Uh, he put yeah. out an episode about uh, cancel culture. He has like some other comedians on, and they okay. like really talk about it. And it's really interesting, like the way he dissects it and they dissect it, and like how you know people just throw around the word cancel culture, and it's not really yeah. a thing. It's just like. A, kind of like a boogeyman thing that people put out I, there to I, I heard it put really well somebody i and i can't remember who said this so it was like it's not cancel culture it's it's consequence culture it's like you know you do certain things and yeah you suffer the consequences right and, and, and they had like a one of the comedians was like a historian i forget his name i'll look it up but he was like he was bringing up all these old articles about how comedians maybe like 50 or 60 years ago, we're complaining about the very same thing. Like, oh, we can't tell jokes about Negroes anymore. We can't say Negro because, like, they were saying the same thing that people are saying right. now about, like, what they can and cannot say. And it's like, yeah, there's no cancel culture. It's always been like this. It's always been, like, you know, it's just time moving and words changing and things you yeah. can and can't say just, you know, being redefined. Like, you know, I, I've, I've said this for years, like life is like a continual process of finding out what an idiot you, you are or have been, you know, like, Ooh. and it's like, what an idiot you were five years ago. What an idiot you were five months ago. What an idiot you were five minutes ago. And like how you deal with that is like kind of what defines you as a person. Um, you know, you can you can take that as a learning opportunity, or and and try to grow from it, 
and become a, a different person, or you can push back against that and reject it and be like, oh, no, it's it's not me. It's the children that are wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, and that's, yeah, and that's a thing with cancel culture. It's like so many people who are fighting against it, they're just, they're just so sure that they're right and so positive that, no, what I believe is the right way to do things and the right belief. This is the way it's always been. And it was my understanding it was going to be this way for the rest of my life. I was I was going to be able to make jokes about Negroes. and <laughs> Right. And it's I mean, just even the term Negroes, it's such an it's such an outdated term now. And that just shows you how the line keeps changing and and for the most part it should be changing i mean because it, hopefully we're b- becoming better as a society right i ho- hopefully well you think it would be but you know, some events yeah. that happen to show maybe not so much who who knows who knows which way it's going and yeah they and they kind of uh they kind of hit on that in in, in the cold open oh, in particular in this episode by the way this is a podcast about saturday night live oh right um, yeah we're, uh this week we're uh, we're covering uh, season 47 episode 7 with simu liu hosting and sawit sawat oh god i knew i was gonna <laughs> this name i thought it was sweetie but it's sawweetie is there that, you is go that, is that right yeah sawweetie sawweetie uh there you go is, from November twentieth, twenty twenty one. So, right. yeah. So, right. uh, hopefully I just amused your sister because I mispronounced the name of a rapper, and that's uh, that's that's half of her entertainment value from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, you put a smile on someone's face, John. It's, yeah, I know. You can't They're put a price like, on oh, it. He's so white. He's so. <laughs> white. He's crying, but he's so white. <laughs> he thinks it's pronounced Sahawiti. Ho ho ho. So. Anyway, uh, so uh, there was also a bit of uh, news about the show. They announced who the next couple hosts and musical guests are going to be. Maybe we should talk about that right now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's get into it. Uh, so the show is returning on December 11th, and Billie Eilish is going to be the host and musical guest. She's She's been on the show as a musical guest before, right? I'm not yeah, sure how many she- uh, I think only once. Like I remember, she. Oh, I should look it up, but yeah, she was on the show uh, maybe a year or two ago, and like that was the first time I'd ever heard of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did, you know, super well, and people, you know, her star is definitely on the rise. Like mm-hmm. she's kind of, she's definitely on the come up. She's getting bigger and bigger. So they figure, hey, maybe we'll the theme for the last Bond movie. Yes, absolutely. After the last Bond movie, and uh, so people are like, hey, maybe, and like I think. Like through her TikTok and her, you know, online presence, she has shown that she has, like, you know, some comedy chops. She is, you know, she's she's just kind of funny and she has some comedic timing. So I, I guess SNL was thinking, hey, maybe this could be like another, like Halsey or you know, where mm-hmm. people are like, oh, she does music and she's pretty funny too. So that's, it seems like that's something that we've seen more of in the last decade of SNL in particular is that they're giving a lot more of the musical guests shots at hosting. It used to be like you just see the musical guest make a cameo and a sketch once in a while, like, uh, like Mick Jagger, uh, uh, playing the mirror reflection or, or Jimmy Fallon playing the reflection of Mick Jagger in the mirror. Um, right, right. Yeah. But now they're giving them the reins to be like, Hey, you're kind of funny. Let's see what you do. Like, um, like, I mean, uh, 
Adele, they did that too, not too long ago. I mean, she wasn't the musical yeah, guest, sure. but she was the host. It's always interesting when, when like a musical guest is, a musician is hosting, and then sometimes they're their own musical guest, and sometimes they get somebody else in there. And I wonder if that's just from that individual musician's comfort level. Like, mm. if they're just like, no, I just want to concentrate on performing in, in the comedy sketches, or if they're just like, eh, yeah, sure, I'll do both. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. Okay. So Billie Eilish was the musical guest on uh, the September 28th, 2019 show. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that one was hosted by Woody Harrelson. And yeah, that was the first I'd ever heard of her. And like now she's like definitely on the rise. And also she's going to be mu- the host and a musical guest. And uh, a little note that I picked up from the SNL network. She will be the first SNL host ever to be born in the 21st century. She was wow. born. Yeah, she was born on uh, December eighteenth, two thousand one. So, oh, well, that's an interesting milestone, huh? Yes. So we are all old. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. One hundred percent. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Time is just bearing down on us like a freight train, <laughs> <laughs> just breathing down our necks. Exactly. Oh boy. Uh exactly. So yes. So that's uh, December eleventh, and then December eighteenth. We have uh, the sexiest man alive, Mr. Paul Rudd hosting, along with a musical guest, Charlie XCX. Charlie XCX. Now, we, we, we actually texted about this a little earlier this week when uh, the announcement came through. And I remembered that Charlie XCX had been on the show before. And you were like, I don't think I've heard of this person before. So it was I was in the odd position of, where I remembered the musician and you did not. Yeah, <laughs> you're the way around. Yeah, you're hipper than I am, John. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Look, my boy's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think I'm hipper than you. <laughs> I think in most any given combination of me with another person, I am usually the less hip one. <laughs> there have maybe been about five minutes total in my life where I have felt hip and with it. Um, <laughs> what is here? That was a deep cut Austin Powers reference for you out there. Um, and you say you're not hip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I referenced that movie franchise from the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Paul Rudd. looking at that show. I mean, Paul Rudd hosting for the fifth time. He's going to he's joining the five timers club. One, two, three, four, five. You're great. You're great. You're great. Um, so that's exciting. I, I think he's always solid when he hosts. Um, I remember liking Charlie XEX's uh, stuff when she was on the show before. I, I haven't really kept up with her since then, but it'll be interesting to see what she's what sort of stuff she's doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm looking forward. I mean, part of me kind of thought they would. I mean, I don't want to. This might sound bad, but part of me thought they might like. I thought they would have pulled out like the big guns for this uh, the for the Christmas episode because like last year they had a big gun. I think he's a big gun. He's a big look. He's a big gun. No, no shade okay. to Mr. Paul Rudd. Okay, but like I mean, last year they had Eddie Murphy as the Christmas for the Christmas show. Oh well, I, think, I mean, if that's your standard, what can possibly match Eddie Murphy returning to the show for the first time in however many years it was, like thirty something years? I don't know. Like I was just, I mean, maybe. Like a, I don't want to say a lister, but like I don't know. I mean, just like the idea of Paul Rudd coming back to host isn't as surprising as like if they had gotten 
I don't know, like, like Leonardo DiCaprio or something like that. You know what I mean? But, uh-huh. Okay. But so I was you, you wanted like a big star who was hosting for the first time? I think so. I think like a bigger, maybe, I guess, A-list. Or, but although Pud Rudd, see, it sounds like I'm I'm bad mouthing Paul Rudd, but I ain't. But like, it really does. It really does. You are being very cruel to the 2021 sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. I'm walking a very fine line here, Trumbull. <laughs> I mean, personally, I am I am always happy to see Paul Rudd uh, pop up anywhere in this world. Just just in life, in in any like acting project, in any in any given talk show, in any. Yeah, I'm just if I have a man crush in this world, Paul Rudd is it. You'd I be insane. Know. Yeah, you'd be insane if you didn't have a man crush on Paul Rudd. I mean, you get man, lost in his eyes. I mean, come on. Just a lovable scamp, just as handsome as he, the day is long. Yeah, he's and I mean, he's got real comedic chops too. I mean, like some of his, some of his SNL sketches, I still go back and rewatch. I mean, the, there was one probably like at least two shows that he hosted ago ago uh, that uh, where he was the part of the couple that was getting divorced and Vanessa Bayer was playing his soon to be ex-wife and he, and they, they start dancing to, I don't want to know by Fleetwood Mac. And just anytime you get Paul Rudd dancing, it's just great. Yeah. Um, All right. That I remember. That was a, that was a doozy. Yeah. And, uh, Let's see. Keenan played one of the lawyers in it, and uh, Nassim Pedrad was the other lawyer. So that that shows you how far back that, that that's probably at least five years back at this yeah. point. Um, yeah, back when Keenan was only ten years in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so I'm really looking forward to that. I, th- I think that's going to be a good show, and yeah. uh, you know, and and if it's a Christmas show, you know that Jost and Che are going to exchange jokes, so that's always fun. Right, we're gonna get some Joe's jokes, some Che jokes. Uh, I'd imagine we're gonna get a good amount of celebrity cameos. It, it should be a good awesome. time all around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Looking forward to that. I mean, Billie Eilish. Uh, she's just much more of an unknown quantity for me. I'm don't follow anyone on TikTok. Not on TikTok. I'm. I, I think I'm on all the social media that I need to be on at this point. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I'm I'm on Instagram, but I never use Instagram. I just I just like occasionally comment on people's posts and like posts. So yeah, yeah, I hear you. So and that's uh, yeah, yeah. So those are our final uh, two new shows of 2021, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, should we get into this show? Let's get into this show right now. Let's not let's stop looking to the future and live in the now. Live in the now, or. More specifically, the very recent past. Yes. Because yeah, this this show, now in the recent past, as we're recording this, it's less than 24 hours ago. As you're listening to this, it's more than 24 hours ago. I just explained how time works. When will so, then be now? Yeah, uh, soon. <laughs> Go back to then. <laughs> oh, I need to give Spaceballs a rewatch. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. It's it's fantastic. It's one of those movies I can just literally quote off the top of my head at any moment, anytime. So I clearly as you I, as I see as you see, listeners, I clearly am the coolest one. Yeah, exactly. Referencing cool Spaceballs, the you know, cutting edge comedy of nineteen eighty six. Yeah, my cool points just keep going up. But uh, so last night's show uh, with Simu Limu uh, started uh, with uh, the Janine uh, Pirro cold open. 
Yeah, uh, Cecily Strong as uh, you know Justice with Janine Pirro. We just did this cold, same cold open on the on the uh, Karen Culkin episode. So when when it first came up, I was like, "Oh, we're going back to this again." All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's one of Cecily's go tos at this point. So yes, you're talking about probably the biggest news story of this week. Uh, Cal Rittenhouse was acquitted. Not surprising, but still distressing. Um, yeah, we had. Do we want to go off on that? Do we do we want to editorialize on that or I I, I got like, and move on. <laughs> Exasperated sigh. That's yeah. my official statement. Um. So Mikey Day was uh, playing Judge Bruce uh, Schroeder, who that guy, <laughs> that fucking <Jeez>. guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I did. I didn't follow the trial ultra closely because I, I just knew that the more closely I followed it, the more wound up I was going to get about it. And yeah, I, I was wound up about enough things already. So yeah. don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, yo, don't call them vi- victims. Uh, call them rioters. Um, I, I thought it was cute. He he called at one point. He he referred to. The defendant, Kyle Rittenhouse, as my client, which. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those things where reality is just so absurd. It's like, how do you even satirize it? Yeah, it's I. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then we also had uh, Chloe and Chris Redd uh, pop up as a legal analyst from NPR and a professor of law from Howard University. Chloe. Right, because Chloe. Because uh, Cecily, as Jenny Pyro, you know, wants to drink some liberal tears. Right, right. And uh, Chloe is, you know, just shocked that this happened. And Chris is like, yeah, not shocked. Um, yeah. And, and she goes, this is not who we are. And he's like, I'm thinking it is, though. And yeah. yeah. This has happened many times before. Yeah, I mean every every time I hear somebody be like, you know, this is not who we are, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I think it is. This is, <laughs> I mean, if yeah. we have to say this is not who we are, like half a dozen times a year, it's it's who we are. Yeah, and it's not going to get better until we realize exactly. that. Fact. Maybe people just don't know who we are. That's my, that's why they say this is not who we are. This is well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about a, a few minutes ago with cancel culture. It's like. You know, oh, well, this is how it's always been. So therefore, this is, you know, I should never challenge this assumption for the rest of my life. It's like, yeah, things yeah. are worse than you. That's just the way it is. Some yeah. things will never change. Uh, <laughs> oh, but don't you believe? I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. Uh, it came from Bruce Hornsby. And, yeah, I'm you know, straight. It's, it's, I'm the cool one. <laughs> because you're making that's like two references you've made in 1986. Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, okay. And because it's not an SNL cold open, unless we abruptly change the subject to another story in the news, uh, Alex Moffat shows up as Representative Kevin McCarthy, a uh, Republican from California, who uh, did a filibuster against the Build Back Better bill, which passed the House this week. Uh, also known as the Joe Biden infrastructure bill. And don't have yeah. to say yeah. about this. 
just like you know, like why are you pivoting away from the Rittenhouse thing? You could just make the cold the entire cold open about this. Yeah, that was really. I mean, it was a quick thing, but I was like, this really isn't enough to yeah. to to warrant putting in the cold open. You could have just cut this out. I think they're just terrified of not commenting on every big news story in the week in the cold open. But I'm just like, this is what you have weekend update for. So you can comment on multiple news stories. No, I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, just, just pick the biggest one of the week and devote the cold open to that. And, and then you'll have a better sketch out of it and probably more insightful commentary on whatever the news story is. I totally agree. Yeah, that little segment would... I mean, it's always good to see Alex do his thing because I think he's great, but yeah, yeah. this wasn't... I I mean, I'd rather they just cut this out and make the cold open a little shorter and, um, you know, keep it moving. Yeah. And they could have done that, like, that exact same thing as, like, fake news footage on Weekend Update or something like that. And I think yeah. it would have worked better there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also had uh, James Austin Johnson... Uh, uh, the cold open kid returning to the cold open, Play, reclaiming his crown, as it were, <laughs> reclaiming his crown uh, as Donald Trump. Um, so you know, once again, he's doing a uh, Bill Riley style rundown. Uh, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that they went back to this character again. It hasn't even been hasn't even been a month yet, and they're they're bringing back Trump. I was like, oh god, you should have let this. You know, you know, do a little separation of time between the last time you did it and now, just so we'd miss him and we'd want to see him come back. Like you're going back to Trump again already. Yeah, it just "Hmm." it just feels like they're like, oh well, he he does this really strong Trump impression. Let's make as much use of it as we can while Trump is still in the news. It's kind of like the same thing they were doing with with uh, Alec Baldwin as Trump, because they were, they were always like, well, surely the outrageous thing Trump has said or done this week, that'll be the end of him. And we don't know if the presidency is going to last this long. Yeah. I mean, I just hope they're not re repeating old, old problems they had with Alec Baldwin's Trump, where they're just kind of go to him more than they should. And it it seems like any, in this cold open, he's kind of doing the same thing. Like you said, the 60 second Bill O'Reilly rundown, where it's just like a bunch of word salad, you know, things about just, just words. At one point he mentions Dua Lipa and how her, her, how her husband isn't attractive. And, you know, she's Albanian, which is basically white. And, like, it's just... I, you know, I, I feel like, I, again, I found myself half-tuning out of the Trump rundown thing. Partly just because I'm so burned out on even parodies of Trump. And... And also, I feel like the rundown is a bad take on Trump because it gives the wrong impression that Trump knows what he's going to say at any given moment. Like yeah. the, da- the 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 weird and the dangerous thing about him is he just will say whatever is in his head, and and because it came from his head, he thinks it's like you know genius, right? And he does not realize what an idiot he is. <laughs> like the f- like the first draft is always the best draft in his mind. Like it doesn't exactly. need to be it doesn't need to be reworked. It doesn't need to be <laughs> edited yeah. down. Like yeah. just whatever you whatever your first impulse and first thought is, that's the way to go. And he's and his only impulse when he's speaking is like, well, what will what will get me out through the next 10 minutes or something like that. And then right. if you ask him about the horrible thing he said 10 minutes later, he'll be like, I never said that. Um 
So, so very appropriately, they switch to like a word search format, which that's more random and therefore more appropriate for Trump. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, uh, yeah, again, great impression. But yeah, I, I, I have trouble with even parodies of Trump now. So. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. And also, I, I think I'm being really negative. But yeah, no, that's I <laughs> no, if if look, it's it's about Trump. It, it should you should be saying negative things about him. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I mean, my issue with this, like I, I thought the cold open was OK. But yeah, my issue is that we already did the Janine Justice Janine show and we already did Trump. Like literally yeah. two episodes ago, like we mm-hmm. were going back to that already. It's like I feel like we need more episodes in between to just sort of let that. Yeah, more more of a buffer would be nice because it does seem really repetitive when they do something just two weeks later. Right. And, and yeah, the the thing that bugged me more was just I was just like stick with the Rittenhouse thing. That's yeah, that's. I don't know, maybe the writers just didn't couldn't think of too many funny things to say about it because it isn't really a funny thing. That's, that, that's true, but there were like a lot of absurdities with the trial. Like, I mean, the, the that clip of the judge where it's so obvious he does not know how his cell phone works and how he and he's explaining this like, oh, this is common sense and no one can work a cell phone if I can't. <laughs> uh, you know, again, again, it's just somebody like, oh. People assuming like, well, this because this is my experience, therefore it is true for everyone. And because everyone has my exact experience. And it's like, no. No, dumb dumb. <laughs> no. It's the yeah. world is different for different people. And if you had a thing called empathy, you might know that. <sighs> That's just the way it is. Diddle it. <laughs> Some things will never ch- I don't know why I love I'm, I've been singing that song all day today, but it's a catchy song. It's a catchy song. I mean, it was, it was great. It was Greendale's school song. So, uh, oh, no, they, that's just the way it goes. Totally different. Yeah, Greendale's the way it goes. So, uh, all right. And anything but, else about the coal open? Um, no, I thought it was okay. I wasn't crazy about the fact that they're repeating a sketch that uh, repeating a cold open rather that you know they literally just did two episodes ago. I was like, uh, we should we should be doing more different things. But I mean, that kind of in this episode, that kind of turned out to be a running theme, which which we'll get there. We'll get into that. They seem to be relying on a lot of formulas this week. That's that's what I'll say. Um, yeah. So yeah. Next, next, we had the Simu uh, Liu monologue uh, comes out, says he's the first Chinese host of SNL. Uh, really, he's the fourth. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I was about to say, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> We we covered Aquafina's hosting on this podcast, so oh, no, it can't be the first Chinese. When like we've been doing this for this, we're in our fourth season of this podcast now, and right. even we've covered a Chinese host. So yeah, but it's a and, good joke. Yeah, yeah, I think it was kind of reminding me of like when Issa Rae hosted and said, "Oh, I'm the first Black woman to host SNL," and clearly we all know that's not true, right? Or hopefully we we know that. But he is the first Chinese Canadian host, so right, and, that's she, and he also said he's uh, Marvel's first openly Asian superhero. <laughs> openly Asian, which is so, nice. Yeah, uh, I I don't know who was secretly Asian, but uh, tip the hat to all you secretly Asian stars. <laughs> Secret. <from Marvel. laughs> all right, all right. Uh, no, probably okay. Scarlett Johansson, right? It's got to be probably. Scarlett Johansson because she Good. she did the uh, the. Uh, uh, what was the movie? Um, oh, uh, 
I was gonna say Aeon Flux. But... On... No, uh, not not Akira. Aeon, not the, Aeon. The, Flux. Not not Aeon Flux. It's the it's the big anime thing. Looking uh, it up. I, I'm I'm totally blanking on the name, and I'm I know that some view some listeners are screaming at me right now. They're just like, it's <laughs> that thing. And you call um, yourselves nerds? Yeah. I'm a very distracted nerd this week. My apologies. Oh, Ghost in the Shell. There we go. Ghost in the Shell. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I'm not so, big, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big into anime, so that a lot of stuff like will just get past me. Yeah, yeah. A- anime, it's it's hit and miss whether it's going to stick in my head or not. So. Gotcha. Uh, uh, but yeah, Secret Asians. Let's go. <laughs> Secret Asians. Uh, Secret Asian man. So he's uh he's Chinese Canadian and so therefore he got his part in the Marvel universe by uh politely asking to be in. <laughs> and then and then after he got cast he said, "Thanks for getting back to me, Marvel." <laughs> uh, and he also talked about how 10 years ago he had a job dressing up as Spider-Man for kids' birthday parties and wrapped it up by saying, "Trevor, you are right. I'm not Spider-Man. I'm Shang-Chi, bitch." Right. Um, I I like this monologue. It was short and sweet. It was it, it was very, very short. How how long was this? So probably only like two minutes or so. It was super short, and I mean, right. And I I liked it too. It was it gives you a good idea of who he was if you're not familiar with him. Uh, you know, got the crowd all worked up for a good show. Yeah. In out, Bing Bang Boom. That's that's all. That's all a monologue really needs to do. Just be like, hey, my name is so and so. This is who I am. This is what I've done. This is my past. Here's what I'm all about, and I'm going to give my all. Tonight on this show, we got a great show. Stick around. Done. That's yeah. that, that's all you really need for a, a, that's a solid monologue. Just get a little sense of them as a person and don't do any of the now cliched things like questions from the audience. Uh, I'm going to sing a song at the piano. I'm going to do this. I've gotten sick of all that stuff. So I, I really feel like the monologues are vastly improved this season. And I, uh, I yeah. hope that continues. Yeah, it's like a warm-up comedy. Just want to go in there, warm up the crowd. Get you know, get them acclimated to you and who you're about, what you're about, and just get them get them worked up and ready for the show. That's yeah, all, that's all you need. Exactly. All right. So uh, next we have our first sketch, karaoke all stars, uh, with the uh, uh, Chloe and Keenan doing a recap of people doing karaoke at their local bar. Right, uh, North Carolina bar, Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, yeah, this is like one of those sketches where it's kind of a rundown of, you know, weirdos and oddballs that they can comment on. And it's, you know, couched in the the form of karaoke or karaoke. Yes. The uh, Japanese thing that me, uh, the word karaoke means empty orchestra. Beautifully haunting. That is Joe. beautifully haunting. Thank you. How I met your mother. Yeah. Um, you caught we that. Had, yeah. Hey. We have, uh, where do you think I learned it? <laughs> 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 we'll you think I just tra- translate Japanese on the fly? No, I've, I'm watching sitcoms. <laughs> you don't do that on the weekends. No, I do not work as a UN translator on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so we we had uh, the bad choice all stars. We had uh, Bowen singing "Take on Me," and he's doing fine until the high notes come in. Uh, Ego as a woman who's been overserved, so she's too drunk to sing "Smooth Operator" by Sade. Susapalela. Yes. Uh, and Pete Davidson as Neil, the quiet guy in a hoodie who always sings the same song. He's doing the song Mad World. 
Right. Um, yeah, it's like a lot of tropes of the people you see in karaoke bars. Uh, the finance, uh, Simu plays the finance bro who's just trying to get laid, so he sings. I like that. Uh, yeah, that was good. He sings I Want It That Way. We get to see uh, James Austin Johnson and Melissa Villasenor sing Island in the Stream as Marge and Homer Simpson just because they think it's funny. And we get to right. hear them. They got and, solid. And that's yeah, that's one of those things that would be funny for like the first 30 seconds. And then you're like, oh, wait, you're doing the entire song. Oh, how long is this song? Holy crap. Okay, four minutes of this. All right. I'm going to get a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to do a bathroom break. You know, to text me when this is over. Yeah. And then you, uh, there's also, who else is it? Oh, uh, we have Sarah and Aristotle as the, the German uh, tourists who come in and they try, they sing, they try to do their best singing. Uh, I forget, I remember right there what they sung. Call me maybe. Call me maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course we we cap it with uh, Heidi and Alex as a father and daughter inappropriately singing Genuine's Pony. Yeah, which uh, not a song I'm familiar with, but I'm assuming it's just inappropriately sexual. Yeah. Have you uh, not seen Magic Mike? I have not. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a song about about the sex. Okay. <laughs> about the. It's, it's 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 nasty. So I was I was just like, oh, this is like that Arrested Development episode where Jason Bateman is singing uh, with uh, maybe, and they're singing uh, Afternoon Delight. That was yeah. that was how I that was how my brain translated it. Yeah, no, spot on. That's ex- yeah. that's exactly what it was. And finally, we had Cecily Strong as the girl who claims her friend signed her up, but we all know the truth, and she, you know. Uh, she's like, oh my god, yo, what? Why'd you sign me up? I didn't know I was going to get up here. And then she goes into a flawless, "I will always love you." Um, Cecily Strong likes singing, you guys. Strong singer. Um, I I thought this was okay, but that was about it. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I, I probably like this more than you did, just because, uh, you know, back in my back in my day, I was all mm-hmm. big into the karaoke, so a lot of this kind of just resonated with me. Where it's like, oh yeah, the guy that chose to sing a you know a freddie mercury song and he clearly can't hit the high notes i i've seen that many a time sure uh yeah sure. you know, and so I, I i think i'm with you like this is a i think it's an okay sketch but it you know just because i love uh, karaoke like it hit me a little bit more but i, I yeah, recognize I like, the more you're into karaoke the more you'll be in this sketch and the more types and tropes you'll recognize yeah absolutely and it but it is cool to see uh uh, Melissa do her March Simpson and James is doing his Homer Simpson. So like, oh, all right, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that, that was a highlight of the sketch because it was it was very kind of meta. Um, because it's like if you saw that in life, you would be cringing, but you're because you're just seeing like a few second snippet of it in an SNL sketch. It's it's funny in its unfunniness. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's a feat. Yeah, so overall, I I think this was a fun sketch. I had fun with it, but like I'll admit, it's maybe not the strongest sketch but it's the funnest if that makes any sense yeah yeah okay i'll go with that okay. uh next week a pre-tape uh target thanksgiving ad um just because uh hosting thanksgiving also means hosting your family and that can be a whole damn thing uh so we see mikey and ego hosting their family and again we've got all sorts of character tribes just parading through uh, uh yeah yeah like they talk i mean Basically, it's a, like a Target ad. We hear the same voiceover from uh, Cecily Strong. It was 
it's pretty much a, she she's good at doing these voiceovers for like these department stores because like I remember she did the voiceover for the with like the Macy's Christmas commercial last year. And, she does uh, a good natural uh commercial voice. Right. And uh, yeah, so she's basically selling things or telling things you could buy at Target, like the humane tofurkey loaf for your niece's annoying new boyfriend. And then, of mm-hmm. course, they cut to Simu Liu, who's like the long-haired new boyfriend, is like, you know, do you see? I don't eat anything with feathers. Have you seen what they do? The industrial complex, do the turkeys, and blah, blah, blah. Um, then they talk about how they sell footballs. So when you go out outside in the yard, play football with the uncle who tackle who takes the game way too seriously and tackles people into the, the ground. And, uh, yeah. you know, you can have sensor lights in your driveway for that dirtbag cousin who smokes in the driveway. And they show smiles. Yeah. yeah. And they show Kyle smoking in the driveway. A little kid sees him and he's like, hey, you want to want to hit this little man? Yeah. And we have uh, noise canceling AirPods <laughs> for when Grandpa weighs in on social issues. Yes, because Grandpa is racist. Yeah. Uh, this, this this was solid. I thought this was good. Uh, didn't overstay its welcome. Just a three minute sketch. Yeah, so, it's one of the highlights of the show for me. Yeah, I thought this was okay. Uh, one thing I did notice, I could be, I don't think I'm wrong on this one, but as Mikey and Ego as a couple, I thought, oh, wait, didn't they also play a couple in the Eddie Murphy pre-tape back in that episode? I think they're playing the same couple, and I think they are, because at the, um, at the, at the dinner table in this Thanksgiving pre-tape, uh, Keenan was the grandfather. And he looked like the same grandfather that was in that Eddie Murphy pre-tape. So I think they're like I think this sketch and the pre-tape from the Eddie Murphy episode are like spiritually connected or something in a way. I think it's like a continuation. So you you think we're we're doing a secret saga of this uh racially mixed family in the pre-tapes over the course of several seasons of SNL? Yes, I think this is all part of the SNLU. I think okay. they're connected. I'm pretty sure. Like, if you go back and watch the pre, it's, it's the pre-tape where Eddie Murphy is hosting the family dinner and uh, Maya Rudolph is his wife. Okay. And like, it shows. And if you remember, like, uh, Ego plays his daughter, and Ego's dating Mikey, Mikey Day, and you know that's that's the scene where Ego screamed at her parents, saying, "Oh, you don't like him? Why? Because he's white." And they're like, "Yes, I I think they're playing the wait, same couple." Wait, you're saying in the time since. The Eddie Murphy show, they have had an entire family of their own, and they're now hosting Thanksgiving themselves. Yes, this is wow. what I'm saying. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, uh, all right. Uh, sure. I'll go with that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> hey, let me know I, if I'm wrong. But This is not a thought that occurred to me at all. I mean, because the way I look at it, I mean, on, on a show like SNL, it, it seems like at one point or another, everyone in the cast is going to be in a couple with everybody else in the cast. In right. in a sketch, I, I don't know how much they're hooking up with uh, off air, and if hey. they are, more power to you. Um, <laughs> except for you, married cast members, see, and yeah. the ones in relationships. Don't don't cheat on your significant other. Yeah, don't Keep do that. Your... That's bad. Unless Keep it's it a bad your... relationship, then what else can you do? Oh Jesus, um... <laughs> I, I, hmm. <laughs> I'm not co-signing that. Uh, I'm. I guess I'm just saying uh, it depends on the situation. I don't know. Why'd you make me think about this? I don't know. I didn't say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. This is all. <laughs> you started me on this train of thought. I'm slowly um, backing into the bushes like Homer Simpson. Okay. All right. So next we had a new military weapon. Uh, this, this was an interesting sketch. This was 
in the first few seconds, I'm like, okay, wait, we got we got James Austin Johnson and Cecily as senators. They're meeting with a a, a general at the Pentagon, played by uh, Simu Liu. And he's like, and he starts talking about like, well, we've got this new weapon that we've spent five hundred million on for this new weapons system. And he's he's talking about like, well, what if you have this soldier with an enhanced sense of smell? And and I was like, and I'm at home watching this on my couch. And I'm thinking, wait, is this a dog sketch? Are we doing a dog sketch? Are we doing another uh, dog head man sketch? And yes, we are. We are doing another dog head man sketch. Oh, you knew from uh, that that you could you could tell from yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. Well, because I was already sort of thinking, I was like, man, I would, I would love another Doghead Man sketch, and and then he starts talking about enhanced smell, and I'm like, dogs have enhanced senses of smell. <laughs> <laughs> There's a curtain behind him. I bet we're gonna have a big reveal. It's gonna, they're gonna open that curtain. There's gonna be a dog with human hands, um, and then it happened, and I was very excited and very proud of myself for oh, figuring wow. it out. 10 seconds before um so so we see the dog head man uh he's doing stuff like assembling a rifle um he's doing hand-to-hand combat waving a knife around he's eating a sandwich uh i should say she because we find out over the course of a sketch it's a female dog's head on a human man's body right and uh you know as always there's always little snafus that happen when you bring in a live animal into a sketch i think Mm -hmm. at one point uh, they wanted to show the the man, dog head man, diffusing a bomb, but the right. dog's head is actually like down. I think he's like kind of eating it because they did they did give him a sandwich to eat, and he's the dog was kind of off the sandwich. Yeah, he's looking for like uneaten bits of the sandwich. Yeah, and uh, you could tell Mikey was about to break. He was really trying to hold it together. Mm-hmm. I think at one uh, like at one point when the dog has his head down, when you know the the dog was clearly supposed to be diffusing the bomb. Mikey tries to like bring the dog's head up and saying, Oh, he, he's investigating his own body. He does it sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you could tell Mikey was about was on the verge of breaking. Cecily yeah. was on the verge of breaking. I also uh, heard like a couple stray lines from Cecily just sounding like she was trying to cover for whatever the dog is doing. Um and that right. and that's kind of the fun thing about this is that you can get some spontaneity in there just because working with a live animal is so unpredictable. Mm, animals and kids. Animals and kids. Um, I thought I thought this was good. It was it was entertaining for what it was. I I feel like the Sam Rockwell version was better because of course it's the first time they did it. And uh, hmm, yeah, I can see. And that. and I felt like it. You know, you hit, it's more unexpected that way. And I also felt like whoever was playing Doghead Guy's hands in this, they needed to move the hands around a little bit more. Like the more stuff you do with your hands in this, the funnier it's going to be, I think. Yeah, I think it more, I think they more leaned into the visual of just the dog with the hands, and the hands really didn't do too much. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that until you said it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, this I thought the sketch was all right. Like this, um, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's like the fact that we kind of already did this before. Again, a, a theme of us kind of retreading old sketches. And yeah. It's like mm, I don't know. I've seen this before, but it's it's fun. And, you know, it's funny just because it's kind of it's a little bit sloppy, a little bit spont you know spontaneous. All the spontaneity and I also felt like when they did it with Sam Rockwell, Rockwell added a lot to the sketch because he was he just seemed like very frazzled and hapless, and he was like, I don't entirely know what I'm doing here, and that really elevated the sketch. And uh, right, Simulio, um, 
he was he was fine, but he didn't just he didn't punch it up the same way, you know. Yeah, I, I would I would say that. Um, at the end of the sketch, I think well the the sketch has a pretty solid ending actually, where it wraps up with the senators being horrified, saying, "Yeah, we can't have this. This is a, this is a this is a nightmare. We can't have a dog-headed man as a soldier." Mm-hmm. And then I think Simu Liu brings up the fact that uh, China already has, you know, dog-head men soldiers over there. And they once they hear that, they're like, oh, China has dog-head man soldiers? Well, we yeah. got to we gotta keep up with them. We got to mass-produce this thing. Yeah, and, we'll immediately greenlight this. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, and then it ends with Simu Liu says, yes, sir, we're going to need a lot of animal shelters that are willing to look the other way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah, I but like, I heard the, the audience was like, oh, like it, yeah. got, too, it got too dark for them. Got a little too real for the audience. Um, I did like earlier on in the sketch where uh, James Austin Johnson just goes, well, I have one question. Does he go to the bathroom like inside like a human or does he go outside like a dog? And Cecily just turns to him and is like, that's your one question. <laughs> I, I like the absurdity of that. Um So I, I wouldn't mind if they did it again, but we'd need another twist on it and definitely move the hands around more yes absolutely so but i'm all, i'm all look i'm all about seeing dogs in sketches i mean it's dogs with cecily strong i've said it time and time again it's it's a recipe for just just good times and good things that's i mean they're just two things i love to see on my television screen dogs cecily strong preferably you together might. I mean, my God, dogs excessively strong. That'll bring about world peace. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's I mean, if if they just said like every sketch we're going to do, it's going to be dogs excessively strong. I'd be like, OK, cool. I'm still in. World would be a better place. World will be a better place. Uh, next, we got a game show. Uh, totally uncharted territory for SNL. Uh, this game show is called <laughs> Republican or Not. Yes, uh, we have Republican or Not with uh, Keenan Thompson as host Benson Dubois, which is a nice little nod to Robert Guillaume's character, and um, did not even catch that. That's that's really, crazy. yeah. Like I, I feel like a lot of people didn't. Like you have to be a real TV nerd to be like, oh, that's Robert Guillaume's Benson's character name. They didn't. Even, they I didn't very rarely write down the uh, the character names uh, anymore. But yeah, that's a, that's a cute joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically, it's it's called Republican or not. Uh, Ego and Simu are the contestants. And oh, whole... yeah. wait, wait, before you get into the description, Simu's character was named Jim Lee, which I found amusing because Jim Lee is the co-publisher of DC Comics. And I'm like, OK, we just have one of the stars of the MCU identifying himself as Jim Lee. And that amused me. So I'm wondering if that was an intentional thing from one of the comic fans on the writer staff. I didn't even catch that. Wow. I mean, you have to be a comic geek to get that. You got the Benson thing. I got the Jim Lee thing. See, we bounce. See, we we help each other out. We bounce each yeah. other out. It's our it's our symbiotic relationship. I just I just thought that was really funny. I was like, well, oh, it's a Marvel guy and he's playing Jim Lee. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. So the so the whole premise of this is that they're gonna bring out a person, and you have to the uh, Simu and Ego have to determine if they're Republican or not. And yeah, Simu just and, from the statements that they say, right? And uh, Simu and Ego seem very confident. Um, mm-hmm. And Keenan's uh, Benson Dubois is like, "All right, we'll see." Like he, yeah. he knows it's going to be trickier than the uh, they you know this thing lets on. And, so, and uh, Kyle 
comes out as the first uh, person and he says, I think Facebook is evil. And they're like, well, why do you think that? Do you think that because they're spreading disinformation or because they banned Donald Trump? And so, like, everybody comes out and their statements are similarly uh, more ambiguous than you would expect. Right. Like, uh, they have Sarah come out saying, I support Caitlyn Jenner. And they were like, well, how? In what way? Like, yeah. you support her as a, you know, at this or do you put her as that? And then she says, oh, what, my, one of my favorite comedians is Dave Chappelle. Starting and, when? Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I feel like there was some good writing in this sketch. Uh, when they when they had Cecily come out as Liz Cheney, I kind of wish they just broke the fourth wall and just said, well, you're, you're a woman played by Cecily Strong on Saturday Night Live. Obviously, you're a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because she plays so many insane Republican women on the show. Um, That's a good point. That would have been cool. I I, I think that would have been a fun, unexpected uh, ending to the sketch. But what do I know? Yeah. Um, um, I thought the sketch was interesting. It seems like they were trying to say that maybe I'm trying to figure out what the message was in this one. Like they're, they're kind of trying to say how in, in a lot of ways there is like the line between Republicans and Democrats are getting blurrier. In a, in a weird way, like uh, one of Kyle's statements was how much he hates cops. Yeah. And Simu was like, oh, then he hates cops. He's definitely a Democrat. And they were like, no, he's a Republican. He was talking about these cops. And then they show the cops at, on uh, on January 6th at the riots. Right. Which, which was like, oh, that's. Yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like they were having they were having fun with the ambiguity of it. It, it gave me. um I thought it was treading, not treading the same same ground, but there was a similarity between like when they had Tom Hanks uh, playing this redneck type of guy on Black Jeopardy. Oh, right, right. And they find they had more common ground than they realized. I felt like they were going for something similar. I don't think it was quite as successful as that sketch. Um, yeah, like I, I think I understood. I, I think I understood what they're trying to say. Like the line between the two parties is blurring and mm-hmm. you know the, the more questions are being asked and it's like uh it's it's getting trickier and trickier to navigate but i yeah i, I kind of agree with you i don't know if they quite got there which is maybe why i, I found it more interesting yeah, I than don't funny feel they quite nailed it and i felt like some of the some of the performances weren't weren't there i i don't know keenan just doesn't do much for me uh anchoring the game show sketches because I've seen like Bill Hader do it, so I know how good it it can be. <laughs> and and Keenan by comparison is just a nothing for me as a game show host, you know. Yeah, like I was kind of hoping he'd add a little bit more to it, or kind of maybe solidified what the point of the show was. But he was mm-hmm. just kind of he was kind of needling the uh, contestants a little bit more, like, oh, you think you know what's going on? All right, and like yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's it was sort of like that. Like I think, it I think they kind of maybe needed to make it a little bit more defined or more clear about exactly what they were trying to say. Like at one point, um, Liz Cheney says, "I'm a Republican." So, Simu Liu is. I was like, "All right, she's a Republican, so she she's she just she <laughs> yeah." And yeah. but then Keenan was like, "No, actually, she's sort of a Democrat because she voted against Republicans." 
And so she's sort of like the Rachel Dolezal of the Republican Party at this point. Yeah, well, the, because they said uh, Wyoming Republicans voted Liz Cheney out this week for opposing right. Donald Trump, which is a thing that happens. So. Oof. So, yeah, so maybe that's it. Maybe like they're trying to say how the ideals of each party are like kind of flip flopping and switching. And now it's hard to tell who's who anymore. I think that was the message or I don't know. I think it needed a little it needed more something confused about the message means it's rather muddled, I think. Um, You know, I I kind of wish they'd held this sketch back a week and then rewritten it. Uh, a bit you know because it's like it's like lauren says the show doesn't go on because it's ready the show goes on because it's eleven thirty. so maybe this one wasn't quite ready but they had to do it anyway i don't know i don't right, know right yeah, absolutely good lines there were some good laughs there were there were um but yeah i'm still so so on it yeah it's interest. this one was interesting but wasn't it's quite an interesting fun. failure yeah yes i'll say that yeah uh, next, we had a pre-tape, uh, Walking in Staten, which uh, Pete Davidson singing about walking in Staten Island to the tune of that old song, Walking in Memphis. Yeah, uh, another Pete rapping video. Um, it's all in black and white. The, the beat, like you said, to the 1991 hit, Walking in Memphis. Because uh, I'm walking in Memphis. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, and it's... Uh, um, it's Pete with uh, Big Wet once again, who seems to be his Bernie Taupin, I guess. And like there, he popped up in his videos before. Yeah, he was in the um, the Squid Game video for the Rami Malek episode. I'd totally forgotten that. Okay, because I was, was like, who is this rando with Pete, and why am I supposed to know him? Yeah, no, <laughs> like if you go back to the Rami Malek episode, he was like a, he's like a musician. He does like country trap music. Okay, yeah, I think you explained this to me. When we did the Rami Malek episode, and I yeah. went so, out of my head soon because I was like, "I'm never going to see this guy again." <laughs> they, yeah, Big Wet heard that episode and was like, "We'll see about that." Okay, well, Pete has friends. That's nice. Pete has friends. Yes, Pete wants to put his friends in things. That's cool. Um, Mark Cohn, the musician from the original song, shows up and he's like getting a phone call. And he's like, "No, I don't want to be in a parody of my own song." Oh, what? I'm already in it. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, the whole song is just a, a love letter to Staten Island, to its many bagel stores and pizza stores and pizza stores inside of bagel stores and Robert Loggia. And the strip club that used to be a McDonald's. And, yeah. and then they say towards the end, thanks to New Jersey, we now have deer. Yes. Uh, Staten Island Zoo is shockingly small. Is uh, this relatable to anyone who's not Pete Davidson? Or at least not from Staten Island? Probably not. Yeah, I, I I just I did not think this was good. I I thought this was pretty awful because it, uh, it was just it was just so it was so inside. It I'm, is, yeah. I mean, I I'm in the tri-state area and I I barely got it. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I I can't imagine what this looked like to somebody from North Dakota. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to Staten Island a couple times, and it's I will admit it is a weird place. It is bizarre. Okay. And uh, so I, you know, I got some of the references. Of course, it's known for its big garbage dumps and like tons of cops live there and there's pills problems. And uh, Robert Loggia is from there. They brought in the ghost of Robert Loggia. What and, a random um, reference that was. Sorry? What a random reference that was. 
Yeah, I think they were just trying to figure out, they're trying to find other, like, celebrities from Staten Island, and maybe it was, like, a pretty short list. And they were like, oh, Robert Loggia. People kind of know him from the movie Big. All right. How long ago did Robert Loggia die? It's very long ago. It's pretty yeah. minute. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I do think, like, if you think of celebrities from Staten Island, I really think Pete and Colin are, like, the two biggest names right now from, from there. Currently, I mean, maybe not all time, but you're, you're right. Currently. Well, I mean, I know, actually, you know, I, I, you're, I stand corrected because they bring out Method Man from the Wu Tang Clan uh, towards the end. He, he's a he's a pretty big uh, Staten Islander as well. Okay. And uh, yeah. yeah, he, he I mean, his his verse is pretty. It's good, but it's not really funny. It's pretty. It's pretty straightforward about like you know, Staten Island and la di da. Yeah. Uh, wild turkeys by the hospital. There's that. This just did nothing for me. Yeah, I mean it's a catchy song. You know, I mean I'm sure they put it out because you know Pete trends and people love Pete. Like it seems like Gen Z is obsessed with Pete Davidson for some reason. So it's yeah, there was there was like a big cheer when he showed up in this video. So I feel like they're writing for Pete whether they have anything for him or not yeah like when the when the video started and you know pete was like oh put on my blues you know not blue suede shoes but yeah. people were like yay like it was a celebrity cameo i'm like it's yeah. pete it's pete he's here every week he's he's been on the show for years and like you're still this happy to see him i yeah i like I, I mean, I don't get it. I'm not sure if SNL gets it, but yeah, maybe you don't. They don't need to get it. They're like, all right, people love We're Pete. Riding this this Pete Davidson horse as long as we can. Like Pete trends, Pete goes viral. Put Pete in everything. Yeah. Okay. This is this is just this is Pete's world. We're just living in it, baby. I guess so. I guess so. So uh, now we're up to the musical guest. Sawiti. Sahawiti. Sahawiti. Che. Che. Uh, her first number was like a medley between Tap In and Best Friend. Uh, she had a costume change during the song. That was unusual. Yeah, yeah. Never seen that before. Yeah. And uh, her second song was Icy Chain. Icy Chain. Um, thought she was done with the twerking after the first song, but no, more no, twerking. No. Lots no, no. of twer- twerking. More twerking. Throughout the entire song, a whole lot of twerking. This is this is probably more twerking than I have ever seen in my life. Whole lot of twerking going on. And I and I've done stand up in a strip club. So have you? I have. When'd you do that? I didn't know that. Um, this came up in my Facebook memories recently. It was actually the first night I met uh, Kevin Dabrowski. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, who's who's? Uh, check out his album uh, Hooked on Molly. By the way. Uh, Kevin <laughs> on Molly. His wife's name is Molly. Uh, oh, um, okay. It's 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 a pun, but it's not a drug reference. Uh, he does have the, a the uh, we were doing it was a stand up show. We were in the basement of a strip club on a Saturday night. Jeez. Uh, and it's I guess I should say that uh, New Jersey, um, the law in New Jersey, if if you have a liquor license, you can't be nude at a strip club. So I guess it's just like a go-go bar. 
If there's unity, it's like BYOB. I think that's the rule. Okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Kevin got my attention immediately because he 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 gets up on stage for his set. He just he he brings a chair up and he just says, "I don't know why any nobody thought of this," and he gets a lap dance while he's doing his set. Innovator. <laughs> Innovator. So I was just like, well, this is someone I need to pay attention to. <laughs> he, by the way, was a single man uh, when he did this. Uh, it was probably even before he met his wife. Um, but still. I was just like, oh, God, why? Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, I saw twerking that night. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. uh, sweetie. So, yeah. So, <laughs> sweetie. Sweetie. Um, uh, yeah, I thought, these, I thought the performers are okay. Yeah, I, I she she's uh, a performer. It's not my thing. I mean, she's she's a good performer, but not my thing. I, I felt like it's kind of a very narrow window of what she does. I didn't feel like a whole lot of variety in her stuff. But yeah, I mean, kind of reminded me of like a you know Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion type. I was like, all right, yeah. this is fine. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Were you familiar with her before? No, I've heard her name a couple times here and there, but and maybe I've heard a song here and there, but I didn't know it was her. Uh, uh -huh. I think my wife probably knows her better than I do, and I was like, "Oh, she made that song. All right, it's a nice song." And then I okay. just then I just kept it moving. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Didn't hook yeah. me in or anything. Yeah, I think this train just kind of left me at the station. So you know, not my thing. That's fine. Hey, John. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Diddly, diddly, diddly. Something. <laughs> Rule of threes, people. Rule of threes. All right. Next we got weekend update with uh, Colin Joseph and Michael Che. Hey. Uh, yeah, we got Joseph, we got Che. Telling jokes, making quips, la di da. Um, I feel like a lot of Joe's jokes seemed hacky to me this week. Mm. He had that one, that Matt Gates joke. I thought that was all right. I thought that was a good joke. I wrote that joke down. That was probably the, the, the rest of him. I was just like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I liked Che. Che had a joke. He was talking about uh, Rittenhouse, Cal Rittenhouse. He says, uh, you know, hopefully he got all that shooting out of his system before he becomes a cop. And that got a, oh, from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. Like, I enjoyed oh. that. I enjoyed that reaction. And yeah, I'm, sure, like, I'm sure Che did as well. Yeah, like he'll he'll put in like some dark jokes. Like that joke about the uh, the honeybees. Like people, like uh, basically the joke goes, they're talking about how honeybees, when they're killed by a murdered hornet, they'll let out a loud scream to alert other honeybees to come to their mm -hmm. rescue. But you know, the, when they when they do that, the honeybees, you know, just come by and unfortunately just film the whole thing on their phones. Yeah, and the audience was like, oh. Yeah, I don't like that. That's a little too real. Um, yeah, I don't need that. The the Matt Gates line you were talking about before of uh, Jose was saying uh, Matt Gates said that he'd be willing to hire Kyle Rittenhouse as an intern because he always has an opening for teenagers who are willing to do terrible things. That's that a good of, joke. Yeah, that got an joke. applause break. Uh, yeah, great joke. Yeah. And there was that other one with uh, where Michael Che talks about the Queen Elizabeth. That one. Do you want to tell that joke? <laughs> yeah. So basically, she's saying like Queen Elizabeth, uh, she her health hasn't been the best, so she'll be out of the public eye for a while, at least until February, twenty twenty two. So you know what that means. 
New titties. <laughs> In my notes, I wrote, God help me, I laughed. It was just, <laughs> I did not see it coming. It just, boom, it hit me hard. Uh, just the thought of Queen Elizabeth getting a boob job. Uh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, no, the audience was like, the audience loved that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Joseph was, yeah, even Joseph was like, how am I going to fall new titty? Yeah, it's, it's, it was so unexpected. Um, uh, uh, Jay had a joke about Mel Gibson is supposedly stepping in to direct the new Lethal Weapon movie after the death of Richard Donner. Uh, he says, you know, wh- why are we doing this? If you want to see a broken down black guy team up with a handsome racist, just watch Update. <laughs> hey So, And then Solid. just you know, gets to a shot of uh, Joseph and Jay on, right? <laughs> on the gun. Because Colin is racist. Colin is racist. Hashtag cancel Joseph. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, now weekend update segments. We had we had Kyle again as a baby Yoda. You called this one, didn't you? Did I? Um, didn't you? Call, I feel like you called this on Twitter or on uh, our previous episode. You were like, I bet because there's a baby Yoda in the parade, they're going to do baby Yoda. No, I think somebody else uh, called that online. It might have been Monette Marati, actually. Our, our... Was it Monette Marati? Okay, I was thinking I believe... it was you. So. No, no, I, I'm i clueless. I'm pretty okay. sure. I, I know when I heard that, I was like, oh, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Uh, that was a good call. Okay, if that was if that was our you, uh, Monette, uh, good call. Right, or whoever. Remember that as Darren. Right, no, no. I I give credit where credit's due. That, that was not me. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so we had Kyle come out as uh, Baby Yoda again. A sketch where, or a segment rather, I'm never that crazy about. Yeah, you just don't like this. Uh, actually, I like this a, l- a little bit more than I usually do. Uh-huh. I think one of the things that kind of turned me off to it is just like, you know, Kyle's appearance in, no, not in general, but like in this. <laughs> in, the, in the Yoda makeup, it's disturbing. And he's in that little ball thing. I'm looking at the gif you posted of it right now. It is a disturbing thing. Yeah, but it, it seemed a little less disturbing than usual. I think they're trying to make it so it's not as off-putting because it didn't okay. seem as off-putting this time around. So I was like, "All right, this it, it doesn't wig me out as much." So that's a plus. Yeah, we we find out of what's been going on with Baby Yoda. He he's gotten pumped out. He's got you know he's kind of jacked now. He's dropping an album. Uh, there's speculation about his dating life. He says that he's dating Mama Bear from the uh, Bernstein Bears. Um, yeah, it's gonna so, bear, it's gonna bear stain them sheets. <laughs> oh Lord! Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think the Baby Yoda thing's kind of played out, but yeah. I mean, I I did chuckle a few times. You know, the bear stain them sheets. I got uh-huh. me chuckle because you know I'm a, I'm a child. But sure. uh, I yeah, I do agree. Like it's again. This is a this is the theme throughout the show, just like sort of reoccurring things, kind of hitting the same note, and them doing the same thing over and over again. And it's, a, it's lot, like, a lot of things that we've been repeating, maybe one time too many. Well, there's there's a big one coming up that yes, fits that. yeah, I think we're thinking of the same sketch. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Oh, uh, but before we get to that, we we also had another death segment. We had eighty as Mother Earth uh, talking about pri- uh, climate change. And she's she starts out doing like a character voice, and then she just kind of is like, "No, I'm just I'm just a normal mom who's hot and pissed." Um, yeah. And uh, this... yeah, we go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say yeah, eighties out. She has her she has blue hair. Uh, she's wearing like this sort of earthy 
type of dress with like the sun and the moon over her uh, her boobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just basically a her segment about she's playing Mother Earth, and it's basically a segment about climate change and how we're how the Earth is dying and uh, every every. <clears throat> oh Lord! <laughs> Sorry. Aha, comedy. Earth is dying, everyone. <laughs> how the Earth is dying, and uh, yeah, we're we're kind of you know Mother Earth we're is uh, not happy. We're doomed. Um, I, I didn't think much of this. I, f- I felt like this was just AD trying to do her own version of Bowen's iceberg bit, but it just mm. wasn't nearly as funny. That, that um, was my take on it. Yeah. I, I thought the costume and the wig were great. I thought she looked great. I just didn't feel like there was much reason for this for segment to exist. I didn't even think about the iceberg sketch. Um, I can sort of see the comparisons. But yeah, I agree. Like I, I mean, I feel like this would have been a good segment to really bring us some serious stuff about, you know, climate change and you know how the the you know the the Earth is getting worse and worse, and we're not doing much. But it it seems like the writing for this one wasn't as hard hitting and as sharp as it should have been. Yeah, you know, there were a I, lot of kind of softballs, like her compare her talking about coal and how coal basically comes from her ass. And yeah. how people are like fighting for the right to, you know, set fire to the, you know, mother nature, mother nature's mother earth's, you know, ass rot, instead of just, you know, using the sun. The sun is right there begging for a job, but they want to defend the right to burn coal or mother, mother earth's ass rot. I think there was there was kind of something there, but it, it didn't really get there. Yeah, yeah, it didn't didn't work for me. I mean, it just reminded me of. Like, okay, we're we're trying to do something like the iceberg thing, but the iceberg thing was so elevated by Bowen's performance. Right. And I feel like this just didn't reach the same level. So Yeah. And then she was talking about how Yeah, she was also talking about how it seems like, you know, a lot of divorced nerds want to colonize are trying to colonize Mars and like her kind of bad mouthing Mars, calling her a, you know, dirty, dusty whore. And I was like, ah, I'm not that's not really that strong a, a line. It's I, I, I got what they're trying to do. More lines from this, this segment than I did. I, I wrote them all down. That's why. Okay. I just want to say something about it. Yeah, like, I I kind of see what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, maybe, I, I mean, if anything, I was I was thinking it was trying to be more like Cecily's, uh, you know, Goober the Clown segment, where they're trying to take a serious topic and like address it and really Try to wake up people. I mean, but that was so much better because it came, it so obviously came from a personal place. Yeah. Uh, It it came out of Cecily's personal experiences and her her own history. And you're always going to get the best stuff out of that. Yeah. And this, I mean, this may be an issue that, that 80 or somebody on the staff is passionate about, but it's, it's never going to hit like that did. Um, Yeah. Like so I don't feel that's a fair comparison. Okay. All right. Well, I'm oh I'm wrong then. I'm not. Well, so, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like well, if they were going for that sort of thing. Well, I guess I'm just stupid and wrong, aren't I? Well, I mean, not in so many words. I mean, uh, you're you're not stupid. Okay, that's fair. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I feel, I feel like there was a there was something there was a message there, but this, the writing wasn't sharp and strong enough to get it there or make it yeah. or make its point. So I was like, all right, this is a, a bit of a miss. All right. 
bit of a miss. Uh, not the strongest update. No, 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 I no, thought. no. No, I mean, uh, you know, a couple, couple solid jokes, but you know, both the death segments were disappointing. Yeah. Um. Next, we have Thanksgiving Baking Championship. <sighs> Basically, a rewrite of the other Baking Championship sketches they did. They did one with Don Cheadle. They did one with uh, who else did they do it with? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Eddie Murphy. I, I remember that one now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Is there a fourth like- one? I feel, I feel like, like there was a fourth one. Didn't they do one with Chalamet? Am I wrong? Timothy Chalamet? That Timothy Chalamet, son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I feel I like feel was... there was, yes. I feel like I think there they was. did one with him. Yeah, that sounds right. This this seemed like our fourth time at this particular well, and boy, it was hitting all the same beats. All the same beats. It was just Okay, you know, this cake's bad, this cake's bad, this third cake, this is actually good. We're going to move on quickly from this. This fourth cake is really bad, and it's oddly sexual because it looks like a dick with white icing on top. And um, It's it's and, cut. And, yeah, I mean, this sketch is One of the cakes face. is going to be alive, and it's going to vomit, and there's no shock value to it anymore. It's like, because I've seen you do this three times before. Yeah, I mean this this sketch is basically cut and paste. It literally hits all the same beats. The first the first contestant, the cake is bad. The second contestant, the cake is bad. The third contestant, the cake is beautiful. The judges don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, uh somewhere in between the second cake comes to life and because he opened the gate to hell or something. So the the cake's the cake is, you know, it's like a puppet. You know, right. a mouth a mouth comes out and screams. Something bleeds out of it or vomits out of it. Yeah, and uh, and Kyle made a penis. Hey, impressive work from the props department from from making these and rigging these all up. But you know, when you've seen the twist, you've seen the turn uh, two, three times before. Yeah, there's nothing in the sketch to surprise you. So if you haven't watched SNL in like the last two years, yeah, maybe this sketch hit, but. For those of us who watch it every week, nope, not so much. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the funniest thing about this sketch was uh, Pete was one of the judges, because, you know, Pete trends. And yeah. he, like, when they was trying the cake, I guess he had trouble cutting the cake with the fork at first. So he just took, like, he took, like a big hunk of it and put it yeah. to his mouth, and he ate a little bit of it and a big chunk of it fell off the fork and onto the table. And you could tell that wasn't supposed to happen. I thought that, that was... I didn't notice. What I found amusing was he just straight up kept chowing down on the cake through the the whole rest of the sketch. I yeah. think Pete was like, I don't I don't give an F. Uh, screw it. This is my last sketch of the night. I am just going to keep eating it. <laughs> Even though the sketch had previously established, because this was Sarah's cake, uh, uh, Sarah Sherman, and the yellow stuff on her cake was mustard. So presumably it's not a good tasting cake. But Pete just is still shoveling this thing in his mouth. Yeah, that was kind of funny because Pete. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to the sketch where literally somebody doing something spontaneous. I, I mean, I'm assuming it was yeah. it wasn't written in. Funny thing was somebody going off script. Um, I'm so. assuming he went off script and just ate the whole cake because maybe he was just hungry. But yeah. like that's funnier than all the pre-written stuff you had for the sketch because. Again, like I said, we're hitting the same beats and doing this is the exact same thing. Like, yeah. like we have you hired all these new writers. You have this huge new cast of people. You have all these new cast members 
We have and all we're this in the Mad Libs version of an old sketch. Yeah, yeah, like why are we doing this? We've done yeah. this before. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're getting like diminishing returns on it because people have seen it before and it's we know what to expect and it's not funny anymore. So like why are we doing this? I mean, what? I don't I don't mind them revisiting this, but have the cakes be failures in new ways. You literally had another one that said, like, oh, I somehow opened a portal to hell and it's possessed and it's like, kill me. And and then it pukes something. And it's like, okay, I know I saw this with Don Cheadle. I'm pretty sure I saw this with Eddie Murphy. Um, I think I've expunged the Timothy Chalamet son of a bitch one from my mind, but uh... yeah, it's just like you're hitting the same beat, you're doing the same thing. Like this is this is redundant now. We're like we're we're it's you know it's, it's, it's a time loop now. Like we let. Either... <laughs> I mean, that would have been a more original twist. Like, what if, what if one of the cakes somehow opened a time loop, and this, and this cake assassinated Abraham Lincoln or something like that? That's, I mean, I'm not saying that's the a funnier idea, but it's at least something different, you know? Something different, yeah. Like, I mean, at this point, when I first saw, when I saw the sketch, I was like, Is "This again," and like, I was watching it, and it's like, "Oh, they, they're doing the exact same things." Like, I see all this coming. As this is, yeah, nothing, nothing here is new. Like at this point, they either need to. Do something drastically different the next time they air it, or just not air it at all. I, re- I really, yeah, uh, like, I really had my fill of this sketch at this point. Also, also, this just sort of petered out. There was no real final punchline, which I really hate. I really hate seeing a comedy sketch just peter out. You know, especially when they've in recent weeks they've had like a couple of really strong final lines and sketches. And uh, yeah. this would be a great place for me to quote one of those final lines, but uh, my my brain betraying me. Um, That's right. You um, exp- you expunged those lines along with that uh, Timothy Chalamet son of a bitch. Exactly. Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, that bugs me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this sketch, I was like, I this this was a bummer. I was like, dude, I've yeah, on, it's man. yeah, it it was a bummer. That that sums it up well. It's it's yeah. just it's just vaguely depressing because you're just seeing them repeat all this stuff almost word for word it felt like yeah i mean so. like again like all these new writers all these new cast members like we should be moving forward we should be mm-hmm. getting new stuff like the the most the times that people are talking about this sketch it's mostly when they talk about the new cast members when they talk about the please don't destroy guys when they talk about right. sarah aristotle because they're you know james because they're bringing in new life they're pumping in new blood into right. this thing so let's like, like, stop looking towards the past. Let's look towards the future. Let's get new stuff. Let's, you know, if this is the last like baking sketch, I'd be very happy. Like, I yeah, because I I feel, I feel like it's lived out its natural life and maybe a little past that. You know, just like maybe one sketch too many. I would have been fine just keeping it at three. Um, you know, uh, when when you see them repeat themselves like this, you you have to wonder like, okay, were you trying something else and then that didn't work and then. Like Wednesday rolls around, and you're like, "Well, we can always do another baking sketch. We know how to do that." Um, I, I mean, I guess, but I'd rather they take a risk or take a chance on something new that may or may not fail, rather than going to yeah. the old standby that'll get you like an okay response. Like, even, that's a, that's the thing about the sketch. Like, I don't know too many people that are like, "Oh, right, the baking sketch again." Like, no one's like super looking forward to these sketches. It's, right, it's right. it's like um even with the dog sketch, the dog headman sketch earlier in the evening, I was very excited that they were doing that again, 
and then it hit pretty much the same beats and it was it was kind of disappointing because it's yeah. it's have that thrill of the news so yeah i mean i'd rather them to take a chance on something new rather than get the same old same old you know anyway i, I feel like we're we're just repeating ourselves at this point so yes let's, we're a baking we're let's the baking on. sketch right now yes yes we are we are we, we see the irony listeners we see the we irony see the irony. we've hit our own time with um so next we had a pre-tape just called uh simu and bowen uh this is just the two of them bonding and uh asian male host asian male cast member and uh they're they're saying like hey oh i, I was the first asian to do this i was the first uh, asian to do that and yeah um i really i, I actually like this sketch quite a bit uh basically yeah. you know yeah, yeah, because it does touch on something like the two of them do have a lot of similarities. They're both uh, Chinese Canadians, and then they're, they're both sort of the first to sort of break through a lot of uh, you know glass ceilings. I um, didn't realize Owen was uh, uh, from Canada. I looked it up actually. He's, I mean, from what I saw, according to Wikipedia, he was he was actually born in Australia because his oh, parents wow. his parents immigrated from China to there, and then they moved to uh, Montreal where he grew up for, I think, the first nine years of his life. Then he moved to Colorado. So, like, technically he is, he has some Canadian. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting. He's been around. That's, the, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, so, like, the two of them, you know, they are, like, the first Asian, Asians to do a lot of things. You know, Bowen, first Asian cast member. Uh, CMU is the first Asian and a Marvel, uh, Marvel superhero. And, mm-hmm. um. You know, and I, I like the the message throughout this thing where, like, as they're talking about them being, like, the first Asians to do these things, they're like, I don't see what's such a big deal. And then mm-hmm. they talk about other things they got awards for, like, um, Simu has a medal around his neck to being the first Asian man named Simu to move from Canada to America. Right. And then Bowen's like, oh, I had that same thing, except it says, you know, first Asian man named Bowen to move from Canada to America. And then they start getting kind of competitive about it. We're we're actually like flashing back to award ceremonies where they got these, and I liked that they said that that Simu was the first Asian to do a you pick two at Panera Bread, um, which right. which I enjoyed because like the you pick two that's one of my go tos at Panera Bread. You get you get the the soup and the half sandwich. It's lovely. Ooh. It is lovely. This is not a paid endorsement. This is just from the heart. Right. Um, but I mean Panera Bread. If you want to slip us some coupons, we or gift cards, we'd, hey. we wouldn't say no. I am a My Panera member, so if you wanna if you wanna Ooh. hook me up and give me like a free chocolate chip or cookie or the lemon drop cookie, those are also mwah, wonderful. Hit us up on Twitter, Panera Bread. I am so craving Panera Bread. Right <laughs> oh, jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, but I mean this this as far as I'm concerned, this was sketch of the night. This yeah. was this was nicely absurd, and I really liked it, and it built well. Um, right. They played off each other really nicely. Um, I liked I liked when uh, somebody I, th- I think it was Sarah came in at one point and she was like, "Oh, I've got this award for the first Asian to do a share impression on NBC." Um, it doesn't say a name, so I guess I'll just award it to whichever one I feel like it. Right. <laughs> and they both started going into share impressions. Uh, that that was cool. Right, and like there was that one line where uh, I think uh, Simu has like a like a wrestling WWF belt that where it says yes. It says like first Asian man to blow up a dragon from the inside, and uh, Bowen's like, "Oh yeah, I have that too," but it, it means something else. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 this was cute. I really like this. Um, th- this was this was really appealing. 
Yeah. 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 It was short. It was uh, to the point. The writing was sharp and it was making a, a good point about like how, you know, while they do enjoy all the accolades they get for being the first Asian, you know, people for doing all these things at the same time, it like, it can, like, if you like, they get sort of all these awards and, you know, you know, uh, acclamation, acclamations, all these, you know, awards uh, and all the acclaim and acclaim yeah. for like everything. At one point it becomes like a little ridiculous, but at the same time you still want it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it is something that like sets you apart. Um, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, sketch of the night. Sketch of the night. Sketch of the night. Sketch of the night. Um, so let's see. Uh, we just have one last sketch. This is called 911 Call uh, with his ego as a 911 call dispatcher. And she's getting calls in from a bunch of people at a party and they've all OD'd on marijuana and they think they're dead. Right. So um, it's, it's uh, like you said, Ego's a dispatcher. She's getting calls from. Uh, this Friendsgiving's party uh, with a bunch of college professors, and one of them smoked a joint that one of, that she got from one of her students, and now they're all crazy high, and they don't know where time is, and they're they call the, the dispatcher saying, "Hello, I, I'm dying. Could you please send the hospital here to me, please?" Mm-hmm. And you know, them asking, so, "Are are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Do people know we're high?" You know, a lot of the stoner tropes that you've seen. And every, and, the joke is everybody's freaking out because pot today is much stronger than it was back in their day. Like uh, what, one of the people, a Simu's character says like, oh, I I smoked pot once before at a Counting Crows concert in 1992. And it goes like, yeah, pot's a lot stronger now. So you got to be careful. Right. And yeah, honestly, this just was very monotonous. I thought it was... Uh, just just skip this sketch. Look up the old Key and Peel sketch where it's just the two of them and they're talking about how pot today is much stronger. That's so much funnier. Yeah. You remember that? Uh no, I don't think so. Okay, Keegan at one point he's like, Hey, hey, give me give me a give me a hit of that joint. And uh and he and uh, Jordan's like, oh no, I you know what, you you want some of this? And and Keegan's like, You think I can't handle it? And Jordan's like I am almost certain you cannot. <laughs> and Keegan's like, why are you saying that? Be and, and Jordan immediately says, because you asked me the same thing five minutes ago and you've <laughs> totally forgotten it. You cannot handle this. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's funny. It's much funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's key and peel. Right. It's good stuff, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess this sketch is, I thought this was all right, but I think I, I kind of agree with you. It wasn't, the strongest, uh, you know, they had Keenan there as a college professor is calling nine one one, saying, "Hello, nine one one. My hat feels tight. I can't mm -hmm. take it off because if I do, all my thoughts and ideas will escape." So it was all right, and um, and then it ends with Cecily saying, "Oh yeah, there's actually a really emergency because I got high and I put a book in the oven, and now uh, my place is on fire." Again, real abrupt ending. There was also a technical screw up during the live show where. Cecily is talking, but the, they have a shot of Simu just sitting there, and I don't yeah. know if they... Did they correct that on YouTube? I haven't looked at the sketch on YouTube. Uh, they did. It has been corrected. Okay, so is it the dress version, or did they just re-edit the live sketch? Uh, I can't tell, but it's definitely they, they fixed it. Okay, well, that's good. All right, well, I'm glad that technical snafu, because I was like, is the director high, too? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, somebody called... Either somebody missed a cue, or somebody called the wrong shot, mm. and it's 
it's so exceptional what you, that you see any kind of technical screw up on SNL. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's on weed, man. Everybody's on weed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's another thing about this sketch, too, where, like, they're talking about, you know, getting high and everybody's stoned and stuff. And I think I saw somebody online talking about, yeah, the whole sort of idea of, you know, weed being this crazy, you know, stoner drug or this evil gateway drug is kind of old at this point. It's kind of like, you know, at this point, Seems weed like is pretty. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, like at this point, like weed is pretty legal in a lot of places and smoking weed isn't as like shocking anymore. It's it's almost like getting a cup of coffee or getting a beer at this point. It's not it's, as. But but apparently it is. I mean, I'm I'm not a weed smoker uh, at all. I've the, Like the most I've ever had is a contact high because I'm a nerd. Um, but it's it, like it's legal in like half the states now, right? Yeah, it's legal to buy. Did, did, legal did to we open. legalize rec- recreational uh, marijuana use what last was that? year? Did we? Did, did we in New Jersey oh. legalize recreational marijuana use? I think I think we did, didn't we? I think we did, but we're kind of dragging our ass on like dispensaries and stuff. So it's not. Uh-huh. Every, I mean, I'm not like a stoner guy either at all. But like, I, I, from right. what I understand, we're it's still it is legal, but like we're still. Eh, I don't know. We're everything takes forever to to get through the, the you know, the, the red tape. Bureaucracy, man. Yeah. Bureaucracy, man. <laughs> the man holding us down, man. That's just the way it is, John. Something's will never change. Oh, but don't you believe it. I am driving over to your house. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, um... Uh, final sketch, pretty weak. Um, yeah, this honestly, this this whole show, it kind of had the feeling of like a crappy turn paper you turn in at the end of the semester. I think so. I think people were like, "Oh, oh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend's coming up. All right, I'll just write this out and and get out of here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- I mean, I mean, like I said, like the fact that they were kind of going through the old tropes of you know the the baking sketch and pete rapping and you know uh, donald trump in the cold open it's like we've seen this all before i don't understand why we have all these new writers and we're getting we're doing the same old shit yeah so i mean overall disappointing show i liked i i i liked the uh the target ad and i liked the simo and bowen the rest yeah i could yeah. i could i could leave it uh um, yeah i like yeah i like simu and bowen i i like karaoke recap just because i like karaoke and karaoke. uh yeah yeah but uh yeah everything else i was like eh, the big old ball of meh yeah exactly but, uh, uh one thing to mention uh is they had a title card right before the good nights that it said uh uh rest in peace uh, peter Ackroyd. it's uh 1955 to 2021 uh this really surprised me i had not heard that he had died dude I don't think anybody did because when I saw that title card, I was like, "Wait a minute, he's he's dead!" Like, did they put out an article about that earlier on, and I forgot because I I would have remembered that. And then, so as soon as I saw that, I hopped online. I didn't see any news article about Pete Ackroyd, Peter Ackroyd dying. The only thing I saw was uh, Dan Ackroyd's father, who's also named Peter. He died last year, and that was it. So once I saw that, I was like, "All right, either SNL made a huge mistake." Or they just broke the news just now that Peter Aykroyd is dead, and because because I saw Dan Aykroyd on 
uh, both Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers' show uh, this week, or maybe late last week, promoting the new Ghostbusters movie, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and didn't say anything about that. He seemed like he, Ackroyd seemed like he was in good spirits. Uh, Peter Ackroyd, of course, is a brother to Dan and was a writer and an actor on the show. Was he Was he in the cast, like, briefly? Yes, he was on the cast from uh, 79 to 80. Okay. So, like, literally just one year. But, you know, he's also worked. And that would have been right after Dan left the show. Like, because Belushi and, and Ackroyd left right before the fifth season of the show. Right. Right, right. So, yes, he was on it for a year. I mean, he's mostly well-known, as far as SNL goes, for uh, a, a Schiller short film he did, a black and white called ja, uh, Java Junkie. He, um, okay. he, it's a short film he did with Terry Gar, actually. And actually, uh, if, you, wow. if you go on the uh, SNL Twitter account, they actually tweeted out the short. And, um, oh, I have to check that out. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we retweeted on, on our account on, at SNL Nerd Show. So go check that out. Okay. Um, yes. Right. But yeah, uh, Pete Aykroyd, he's worked with his brother Dan on a lot of Dan Aykroyd's movies. He worked on uh, Nothing But Trouble. He worked on Spies Like Us, which we mentioned on our episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he worked. Dragnet, he was he was there. Uh, the Great Outdoors, he was a writer on. My stepmother's an alien. Uh, Coneheads, Loose Cannons. He worked with his brother quite a bit. Oh wow! Well, our our condolences to uh, Dan Aykroyd and the entire Aykroyd family. We we're very sorry to uh, learn that last night. Yeah, so. yeah. I think the world learned it last night because, like, I because, like I said, like I went online. I didn't see anything about him passing, and like people mm-hmm. are just now putting out. Oh, Peter Ackroyd passed away. So I was like, "Wow, I guess mm-hmm. SNL broke the story." Jeez. I guess so. I guess so. They would. They, I'm sure somebody uh, gave a call to Lauren. So, yeah. All right, but uh, it's a shame. Um, and that's the episode, guys. Um, overall, I thought it was a so-so episode. You know, definitely not the best of the season so far. Uh, not the worst, but it wasn't. It could have been stronger, but I think that's because of the writing. I don't think that was because of the host. Actually, I was actually impressed with Simu Liu's as hosting ability. I thought he was a really good host in the sh- of the show and a really good performer too in, in the sketches. It can, it can be tough to gauge when the writing is weak. I thought, I thought he was fine. I don't know if he blew me away with anything. I mean, I, I liked him. I think, I think the film segments were, were best. So mm-hmm. I think okay. maybe that's more of his comfort zone. I could see that, but he had, he had good energy. I'll give him that. He did. And he didn't feel, he didn't seem nervous at all in any of the sketches or he didn't like miss any of his marks or anything. He was like on it. So that, that was enough. Yeah. To impress yeah. me. He's un- unfortunately caught on camera when he doesn't have any dialogue, but yeah, you know, but I thought, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not on him. That's not his, his fault. That's uh, somebody screw up backstage. Um, there, we should also mention there was also a cut for time sketch from the please don't destroy guys. Um, called Touch Up, and that's on, up on the uh, SNL YouTube channel. Um, what did you think of this? It's another like quick two-minute thing, which is just seems to be where the Please Don't Destroy guys live. Yeah, I mean, it's an odd... I mean, I can describe it real quick. It's like an odd type of sketch where the, the, the three of them are hanging out... Oh, no, two of them are hanging out in their, you know, in their office, and one of them, the redhead, I think his name is Ben, he comes in, and you can see his face looks very weird, like he got Botox. Yeah, and then it, they were he's like, got the puffy lips and that that weird stiffness to his face. I it bothers me that I haven't gotten all the please don't destroy guys names down yet. They um, say it in that uh, Pete Davidson three sad virgins sketch. 
They do. I need to rewatch that just to really get their names fixed in my head. Or they just alternatively just need to wear name tags for the first mm. half of the season. Uh, right. Or maybe they could have like their names floating above their heads, like a they could CGI that in or that something. Fun. It's just I remember faces better than names, so um yeah. You right. know, you you know how it is, Howard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, yeah, so if the guys from Please Don't Destroy, could they wear T-shirts with their names just in, like right across the chest in big bold letters? That would that would help because, us out greatly. Like, you're not you're not identified at the beginning of the show, so I don't have that crutch. Mm. So I just I need a crutch. You know, help right. me out here. Please, just throw me a bone. Please don't destroy. Love you guys. Love your comedy. I just want to get your names down more. Help and me, I feel this should be on you. <laughs> yeah, do your part. Please don't destroy, guys. Yeah. Get off your ass and help out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think, uh, but but this this was funny. You know, we got we got Botox. We got one of the guys got longer fingers and one of them has a second face on top of his existing face. So it, it's it was fun that the Please Don't Destroy guys have discovered the SNL makeup department. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I feel like they've made friends in the makeup department. They're like, hey, can you can you make us up and and help us to do this? And the makeup department's like, yeah, sure, we can do that. Long fingers, no problem. We're gonna be best friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean I'd I mean I'd rather they had taken out the baking sketch and putting this in. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean this this was funnier than half the stuff that was in the show tonight. It, it, if not a good three quarters. Right. Yeah. I'd agree. But, uh, yeah, just it was just a two minute thing, so I guess it was easy to cut. And you know, they, they seem to be doing uh, a film segment every week, so yeah, might as well just toss it up on YouTube. I guess so. I guess so. And uh, yeah, so that's the episode, guys. Um, overall, you know, so so episode. Looking forward to the Billie Eilish episode and the Paul Rudd episode coming up in December. And we and- should also mention, uh, in the meantime. Uh, this coming Wednesday, the SNL is airing a primetime Thanksgiving special with Ooh. a lot of old sketches. Uh, we covered the Thanksgiving special a few years ago. I doubt it's changed that much. But, you know, it's good news for you, those of you out there who have a fetish for uh, Juliana Margulies regurgitating food into Chris Kattan's mouth. Hot. And there has to be at least one of you out there. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're out on a you got your own Reddit page or something. That feels like somebody's Pornhub search. Yes. Um, there's also, uh, next week, they're repeating the Kim Kardashian West and Halsey episode. Uh, which no, thank you. Second episode of the season. Skip it. Skip it. Yeah. Maybe watch Grown Us Women in the Club, because that was kind of cute. But, uh, yeah, uh, just skip it. Go go find that old Key and Peele sketch instead. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or. You can listen to the SNL nerds because we're going to have a new episode coming towards you. We are, aren't we, John? We are. We don't take Thanksgiving week off. Uh-uh. We, we, we don't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Uh, so what are we going to do next week, Darren Patterson? I'll, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do, John Trumbull. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to talk about a movie uh, that just came out recently. We're going to talk about a movie that I have been frothing at the mouth. To see for at least a year. It's true. It, he look, uh, Darren has looked like he has rabies. Yeah. There's been so much mouth frothing going on. Yeah, look like. Yeah. That's this, it. this was supposed to this was supposed to come out uh, in last June, I think. It um, was. It's a little and... movie called Ghostbusters 
Afterlife. Boom. Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife with the most attractive man in the in the universe, Mr. Paul Rudd. Sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. Yes. Uh, it's got some newcomers like uh, McKenna Grace and uh, Finn Wolfhart, whose name sounds like a either like an 80s porn star or an 80s uh, heavy metal guitarist, depending on who you ask. It sounds more like a Dungeons and Dragons character to me. Oh, uh, that's but, another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it also has some other actors uh, in it. Uh, let's see. Let me let me look up their names. Uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I don't know if any of them have been in a Ghostbusters movie before, but I hope it works out well for them. Yeah, yeah. Good. You know, I want all these newcomers to shine. So, yeah, so we're going to run out and go see this movie in our local theaters. And we're going to come back here and we're going to talk about it. And uh, we might we might have another guest here to talk about it with us. Do tell. Maybe somebody who knows something about Ghostbusters. Maybe somebody who has even been on this podcast before. Ooh, Ooh, tempt me, tease me. Yeah. Pinky to the mouth. Slot. Um, so that's that's what we're gonna do next week. We're we're gonna go see the new Ghostbusters because we've been waiting for this forever. We had we had to wait the like nearly two years for the James Bond movie. We got to see that. Now yeah. we're gonna go see Ghostbusters. The, the the universe is healing. I've been waiting to see Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh. I've been listening to a lot of 80s soft rock, guys. I don't know what's happening to me. Sorry. <laughs> but you like how I, I, I weave that in? That was pretty good. Like is such a strong word, Darren. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a very strong word. I acknowledge that you did it. <laughs> Thank you. Now you see why I like the karaoke sketch so much. I do. I do. I think we all do. Um, okay. We also uh, we all, we got a little Twitter feedback. Uh, about this episode, we always uh, you know, put the word out saying, like, hey, tell us what you thought. And some people responded, and we're going to read those and respond to those. Hey, oh. So, uh, do you have them up, or should I uh, dive I, in? I, I got them. Okay. Our good friend Mikey says, bit of a step down from last week. Cold open and monologue were fine, but leading off with the karaoke sketch didn't leave me with much hope for the rest of the episode. Oh. Uh, felt like a lot of bits we've seen before and might not need more of. Babe, uh, pre-tape, baking sketch, Baby Yoda. Uh, with yeah. the exception of the karaoke sketch, I agree with everything you've said, Mikey. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Mikey. Um, maybe that's a, that's a good point. It's like, I, I wouldn't have minded them repeating, like, you know, doing another pre-tape or another baking sketch or another Baby Yoda. Or, and you know, like it was a whole lot of repetition, and it was just it was just a little too much repetition for one episode. I thought. Agreed. So, yeah, that was that was rough. Uh, next, we have uh, my old friend Scott Hume saying, "Dog Ben was the most ridiculous and absurdly funny thing I've seen in a long time. Glad they found a spot for Cecily to have a sketch with a dog and sing in the episode. Way to play to our interests." Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Cecily enjoyed both of those things a lot. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Scott saw the original Doghead Man sketch since he was so, uh, high on this one. Um, maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe he, yeah. Uh, Scott, l- let us know. Did you see the Sam Rockwell episode? Did you see the previous dog hit band sketch? Because we both thought that one was better. Absolutely. And um, uh, we, our good friend at Decomposition Podcast, Mr. Bradley, uh, hmm? or Bradford, is uh, saying, like, uh, what did he say? Oh, he said, did Joe's have the joke of the night with Matt Gates has always liked teenagers who do terrible things? I think so. That's one of them. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was definitely uh, one of the standout jokes from Update, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he also said, also, imagine how terrible Pete Davidson would have sounded without a metric ton of auto-tune. And yeah, auto-tune, oh, auto-tune yeah. makes everybody sound beautiful. It's like, it's like when you're cooked with Does water. It Does I think it so. Though? I think so. Okay. It makes them all sound the same. I'll go, there I'll go with that. I don't know if it makes everybody sound good. Uh. But it makes it. It doesn't make you sound bad. It makes you sound the same, and that's better than bad. Okay, can't argue with that logic. Mainly because I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So well, thank thanks very much for for listening, you guys. We always appreciate it. We always have fun, and it's nice to know that uh, this isn't just going out into the void to have no one listen to it. Um, which right. is how it feels some weeks. Um, so yeah. if you want to follow more of our shenanigans, uh, yeah, just uh, come join us on the Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. And we also have our individual Twitter and Instagram uh, accounts. I'm at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. I'm at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's all sorts of funness and wackiness going on there oh all types of zany zany shenanigans yeah oh god we've been doing this too long uh but yeah so uh give us a follow you know hit us up on at our patreon at non-productive.com give us some Mm -hmm. money why don't you and uh there's there's some cool bonus content uh, that we we put up there it's uh just a lot of times we'll just uh, keep the recording going after we officially finish the program and then we just talk a little more and you just hear us free associate so if you haven't gotten enough of that that's a place you can go to to get more of that right on right on right on right on so we'll be uh, seeing you next week with Ghostbusters Afterlife Um, but until then nerds Nerds out. out This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.